Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Austin, and it's finally, finally starting to feel like the holiday season. We're about uh, three days removed from Christmas, unfortunately. Uh, We got some snow yesterday here in Southeast Michigan, finally, so... It's finally starting to, you know, to feel like it was. It's Christmas time and everything. A little bit late. I don't know. I, I talked to several people over, you know, the last couple of weeks, and everybody kind of had the same, the same thought. It was kind of like the same vibe. You know, it just didn't feel very Christmassy. And I, and I don't know. And I don't know. Maybe it's it's with this, uh, you know, this Omicron stuff that's going on now. We're hearing all about that. Maybe it's because we still have so many virus uh, precautions or mandates whatever we still have so many so many rules in place that are so different from what all of us are used to right so maybe i don't know maybe that that's part of it um you know we're, we're living in a different world than we were just a couple of years ago uh, unfortunately and i think you know a lot of us thought that we were um we were ready to get out of it out of it you know around october time ish um and then this Omicron variant, you know, it seems like the Delta variant, the, which that that disappeared in like a month. We heard about that for like a month. Um, and then they skipped down the line and now it's the Omicron variant. And it just seems like every time we're in a position that things are things are getting better, um, then all of a sudden there's a reason that they're worse. Uh, and, and to some extent, you get, you get sick of hearing it, right? So it's like, you know, how much truth is there really to it? And, and it makes it a little bit more difficult to focus on uh, the holidays, right? And and taking the time to enjoy who you're around and what you're doing and all those things. So it, it, it is a little bit uh, off-putting and definitely feels a little bit out of place, uh, you know, Christmas-wise and things. But I hope everybody had a good holiday. We definitely did here. Um, it's, it's the end of the year, right? Uh, we're looking forward Uh, We talk about this every year, right? Uh, Everyone, that's regardless of this uh, podcast, that's, you know, we always say next year is going to be better and it's going to be for these reasons and uh, especially the last two years, you know, it feels like with with COVID, uh, obviously 2020 was not a great year for the world. Uh, 2021 was the year that we kind of came out of the pandemic or at least, you know, kind of... prairie dogs <laughs> a little bit so to speak uh and and kind of and got another a look right at what life post covid could be like and that's that's my severe and sincere uh hope prayer i mean whatever uh for next year for 2022 is that we can put covid in the rear view for for good you know we can get uh, some of the politics out of everything that's going on. We can have our elected leadership start focusing on things that can make impactful and meaningful change. And I say that not because I don't think COVID's uh, an issue or because I don't think COVID's like important, but just we're sick of hearing about it. You know, at this point, um, you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. You don't, then and then don't. Um, and, and things are just going to play out the way they are. And um, a lot of people, I think, are, are of a similar frame of mind now that it's just we don't don't have the energy anymore to to fight about it and 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 talk about it and, and we're sick of talking about it you know it's it never changes so um like i said it's the end of the year and 2021 for the prepared mindset this has been uh huge so our second year of existence basically we got started well our first full year of existence technically into our second calendar year of existence because we got rolling like june of 2020 so uh our first our first full year and i wanted to kind of reflect and share with you guys all the listeners who've made it you know our success possible and and have been listening and checking out what we're doing and uh just talk about what 2021 brought for us uh because it it doesn't seem like it's been a full year really but then I started looking back and I started thinking about some of the stuff that's happened and it actually kind of blew my mind and um, it was kind of cool, you know, um, before I get I get into it, uh, as always, you know, we want to say thank you to our sponsors that have made this possible throughout the year. Uh, first, slimfitholsters.com. Guys, if you're looking for a new holster, maybe you got some uh, you know, Visa gift cards, got a little little cash money burning a hole in your pocket from gram gram or your parents or something looking to get into a good holster head over to slimfitholsters.com you can use our discount code prepared 10 it's going to save you 10 percent off and free shipping 
So maybe if you missed out on some of those holiday sales, you can still use our discount code. You can still save yourself some bucks and you can get yourself into a new concealed carry rig or a duty holster, whatever you're looking for. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually standing up right now while I'm recording because uh, I've been sitting all morning for work, but uh, I, I'm carrying right now with their Gladius appendix rig. Uh, it's got the flex joint in it with the shock cord. Um, I use their molded rubber uh, concealment wedge because I'm a bit of a fat ass and I like food. Um, and it's it's super comfortable. I honestly forget it's here most of the time. Even sitting, uh, I, I've gone on you know uh, multiple hour car rides with this thing. It's super comfortable. Uh, I, I can't express enough uh, how great the Gladius is. Um, so if you're looking for something to carry appendix with, I, I highly recommend you check it out. They have all kinds of models, uh, you know, light bearing and not, you know, Glock, Sig, CZ, you know, whatever you're looking for, check out their website, shoot them a message. If you can't find what you're looking for, the guys will take great care of you. Again, prepared 10 is going to save you 10% off and free shipping. You can also pick up uh, some outside the waistband gear. Like I said, they have duty holsters from a drop leg. They got the, uh, the Victorus is their outside the waistband model. So maybe if you're still looking for that last minute gift for somebody, maybe you don't see because they come in from out of state, or maybe you're just looking for an outside the waistband holster. Uh, lots and lots of great options, color combos, uh, patterns and camo, whatever you guys need, head over to slimfitholsters.com. Use our code prepared10. Also, got to I just got to say a huge thank you, right, to uh, mymedic.com. Mymedic has been with us for a long time now. I mean, relatively um, since uh, I want to say back in back in March is when uh, Mymedic came on board, and uh, they've been a great partner to us. They gave us our discount code Mindset Twenty. It's going to save you guys all twenty percent on your order. I was actually just looking at their site today. They got a couple cool things that are in their clearance section because they're retooling and remodeling them, like their solo kit, their range kit, um, and, and they have everything you guys need, right? I mean, you should have multiple medical kits accessible, um, you know, and most of the good people I talk to that, that are prepared, they have some kind of go bag or something in their car. At minimum, they have a medic kit, an IFAC. They can treat two people, um, but if you go pick up one of the MyFacs, for my medic, you can treat up to three or four. And I really think that that's the way you should handle that. Um, just because, you know, look at one is nothing, uh, two is one, all that. So you kind of, you plan for for the worst, hope for the best type deal. But my medic has everything you guys could need. Different size kits, um, different, different options, refill kits, right? So maybe you bought a medic kit from one of those other companies out there. There's lots of good, good companies out there. Not none as good as my medic, in my opinion, but there's other good companies out there. Maybe you just need to refill on your cut supplies, your burn supplies, some, some, uh, some gauze, whatever. They got the refill kits. So you can drop a couple bucks, get a refill. You don't have to buy a whole new kit or, you know, scour the internet or scour the local, uh, drugstore trying to find some decent quality gauze or some clotting agents. Um, cause that stuff's not always super easy to find. I've even at some of the, uh, army surplus stores, even at some of the outdoor camping stores and stuff, quick clot, not always, uh, on the shelf, you know, but they got it in stock over at my medic. Again, you can use our code mindset 20 to save you 20% off of your order. You can also head over to our offer section on our Facebook page. Uh, we have two ads on there. One is broken and finally falling off this week. Um, but the one that expires in January, when we'll put up an all new retooled ad, uh, that actually is our affiliate link. Okay. So we are affiliate partners with MyMedic. If you guys use that link, you can still use the mindset 20 code. You can still save 20% off, but if you use that code, they're going to know, and they're going to kick us back just a little piece of what you guys spend on your medical supplies which is cool because that allows us to do more fun stuff here at the prepared mindset and reinvest in what we're doing here. Um, so again, big thanks to my medic, uh, huge, huge partner with what we do here and couldn't be happier with that relationship. Check them out. So 2021, um, you know, pretty, uh, pretty interesting, pretty interesting year when you kind of look at everything. I know, large accomplishments, man. I mean, we, uh, I'm pretty positive. We doubled our Instagram following over the course of this year, which, um, in and in of itself where we're at, isn't, it's not the hugest thing, but it's huge for us. You know, we like to celebrate the, the small victories and getting out there and building our following, um, and, and building our content, right? Um, we've also this, we brought on sponsors this year. 
just talking about my medic, right? Um, I remember prior to the land nav trip that I took uh, with Ryan and Sam to uh, Atlanta, Michigan, uh, which I believe was around the end of March. Yeah, because it was after my it was after Lexi's birthday. Um, so around the end of March, April time, I remember being uh, being at the gym working out prior to going on that trip and being in communication um, with my medic uh, and talking with them and 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 finalizing the details of them becoming a supporting partner with us. Um, we did. I I can't not say thank you uh, to Eclipse Holsters, who was a, a partner here for the beginning part of the of the calendar year. Um, Jess and her team. <clears throat> um, we moved on and we're working with slim fit now and, and James and his, and his team have been, uh, fantastic. Uh, they, they support us throughout social media. Uh, they support us with obviously with the, the holsters that they sent out for us to, uh, to carry and use and, and, and promote and all the stuff that comes with that and have been a great partner. And, you know, um, my medic and, and slim fit and I are, we're working on a couple things going into next year. Um, really, really enjoy working with those guys. So, you know, as somebody who's never done it before, that was probably, I mean, in all honesty, probably one of the most stressful parts or is still one of the most stressful parts about running something like that is, you know, just the communication, finding the time, um, being able to, you know, cause everyone's busy. That's not just saying that I'm busy and you know, those guys aren't obviously we're all busy, um, running companies, working day jobs, things like that. Um, you know, I know my medic supports several other individuals and, and, um, and projects and things, uh, aside from just from us, you know, so there's a lot going on, but it's stressful, but it's also really cool. Um, because being in contact with those guys, uh, you know, we had Zeph on, uh, probably halfway through the year with my medic, um, talking about everything, all the great stuff that they're doing, um, and, and actually getting a look into what they really do offer and, you know, taking the time to celebrate the victories, Things like, hey, we got this story. It was a tragic situation, but one of our medical kits uh, saved somebody's life, or saved multiple lives, or was the the difference maker that allowed a life to be saved. You know, and that's just the kind of thing, um, you know, in this community, uh, in this industry, right? We look at the survival industry, the two A industry, whatever have you. Um, those are the things you like to hear uh, from your from your partners and from the people you talk to and and work with. Um, knowing that their heart's in the right place and their mission is is you know just and right because um, there are unfortunately we've all seen it in a lot of different places um, but there are companies out there that are just they're just there to make a buck they're not invested in the community um, they don't they don't really care right bottom line they don't really care if their end user is successful or not they're just they're just churning out product. Um, and again, really happy to see with both both of our sponsors, and uh, you know, hopefully we bring on a couple more next year. Um, but with both of our sponsors, they're invested in giving back to this community and invested in providing quality products that will make a difference for the end user, for uh, for the people that are out there using them. You know, and obviously, you, you know, you pray to God that you never have to use one of those medic kits, but you have it if you need it, right? Um, because shit happens, you know. <laughs> can't do anything about it. It just, it is the way it is. So the sponsorship thing was huge. Um, managing that through the year and, and building those relationships has been one of the coolest parts of this. And like I said, one of the most stressful, but, um, really cool and really rewarding to see that grow. And, um, already have a couple things lined up and in mind for 2022, that's going to make that even better for everyone involved. Um, so super, super excited for that. Uh, also throughout 2021, right? I mean, this was the, not to get political or anything, but we, we saw a lot of changes because uh, we had the change of the presidential office, right? <laughs> we, uh, whether it was legitimate or not, you know, I know a lot of people still think that there were issues with the election. Um, me personally, I, I kind of agree with it. Um, whether that changes the outcome or not, I, I don't know. Um, but there were certainly just a lot of uh, changes that were made to how we normally run our election process uh, that um, that I, I think that raised a lot of questions, you know. So um, I, I have questions on that. It's kind of been a, it's been a weird year, right? Um, we saw David Chipman, his nomination uh, to head the ATF. That was one of the first things that the Biden administration came out and did this year, 
right? If you, if you think back to the first quarter of the year, David Chipman's name came up um, and immediately there were um, concerns on the, I guess we can say the right side of the aisle, um, conservatives, Republicans, pro second amendment individuals, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call pro firearm people, there were, there were concerns, right? Um, and because we were able to actually rally together and, and cross party lines or cross the aisle, so to speak, and pull some democratic, uh, representatives into that fight. Um, his nomination was blocked. You know, there were hearings and questions and things like that. And, uh, there were a lot of concerns, you know, that was a big, I think if you're looking at, you know, the 2021 second amendment calendar, so to speak, or 2021 second amendment victories, that's gotta be on the top of the list. Um, and that goes beyond the tactical space that we talk about so much. And I think it impacts anyone who's a firearm owner, because I think with some of the policies that he, uh, I don't want to say promoted, but discussed the ideas he mentioned, uh, things like when he was asked to define what an assault weapon is, and he gave very vague answers. Like, I don't know that anyone can just can, can answer that. I don't know that anyone can give a definition of that. I don't know that anyone... It, it, it's really, uh, I guess, scary, right? Because that's somebody who's being um, touted by the administration as the only logical answer, the right answer, the only reasonable answer for the the head of a law enforcement agency that is directed towards um, firearms, right? And as legal firearm owners, we want, we, we deserve, right? Um, We're owed a clear definition of where the law lies and where our rights lie. You know, and I, I get that we don't, we actually still don't have that on a lot of things, things like uh, pistol braces and overall length and opinion letters from the ATF, that, that whole rigmarole that seems to just go round and around and we never, we never do seem to get clear answers. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, when, when that, uh, he's not an elected individual, when that um, selected individual cannot give those kinds of answers, that's, that's a pretty clear indicator that, um, they're being deceitful, right? So, um, it, it, to, in my opinion, when I heard a lot of that, it was, okay, um, he's doing this to try to leave doors open. He's doing this to try and not paint himself in a corner. He's doing this, um, so that there can't be public pressure on policies that they want to enact. So when I, when we had all of that come about, I think it became very clear that he was not the right guy for the job. Um, there were concerns by, by hunters, um, because really it starts with things like AR 15s and capacity limits. Um, and Oh, a 50 caliber, uh, a 50 caliber round. We can't do that. That can't be, that can't be legal. That's unreasonable. Well, okay. Well, who, who uses a 50 caliber? Anybody who hunts muzzleloader season musket balls or, I mean, honestly, I'm not, a, I don't, they don't shoot muzzleloader. So I don't even know what you call them. It's probably a bullet, you know, musket balls, pretty, uh, old school term, but, uh, muzzle loaders a 50 caliber round and they're talking about, you know, Oh, you don't need that. You don't, you don't need to hunt with that. You're just going to hurt yourself, man. Right. To quote our president, um, you're a danger to yourself with stuff like that. And, um, so it starts with things like AR 15s and the high caliber. And then I think people started to realize with some of these comments and things that it, it was, is a trickle down effect. You know, once they take away the 30 round magazines and they're going to go for the 20, then they're going to go for the 10 and then they're going to go for the five and you're going to have just single shot rifles left. Right. And they're going to start with the 50 caliber. So there goes your muzzle loader season, but then they're going to step it down and go, Oh, you know what? The, the 308, the seven, six, two, the six fives, those are, those are too deadly. You don't need that because you can kill a deer or a moose or an elk with a smaller round. Um, and it, and it all, it kind of meshes together and blends together because then they pull in things like the environmental argument, oh, conservation of animals. And, you know, this expert says that we shouldn't have any hunting of these animals because of these reasons. And it, it, it does, it's a slippery slope. Um, and it, it's like, like I was just saying, um, you pull in the environment, things like that. It starts to get into a very complex issue very quickly when you just start to give away the so-called low hanging fruit, like, um, you know, capacity limit laws, uh, caliber restrictions, things like that. So having, uh, David Chipman's nomination, uh, blocked, knocked down, um, terminated, whatever term phrase, right. That you, that you want to, to use to describe that. That's, um, 
that, that was a huge part of 2021. We talked about it a lot um, on this podcast. Um, and, and we're going to continue to talk about stuff like that, right? Because gun control and uh, our society as a whole, that's, that's a big piece of this. That's a big piece of why this podcast was created, um, was to promote accurate information uh, on firearms laws, on how firearms are handled, uh, survivability, things like that. Um, because I think when you, you do have certain circles out there, right. That, that push things like you can be, your survivability can be dependent without a firearm. You don't need that. You can use other things. And, and to an extent that might be correct. Um, but I think there's a way to have that discussion without making the firearms, the bad guy. Um, and I think that's really the way we need to go. Um, you know, that's just like there's firearms enthusiasts who aren't survivalists who aren't um, into preparedness. They just enjoy sport shooting and, and that's it. And that's fine. You know, we like, we like to live in the gray area here, um, both, uh, literally and, and, and otherwise, but, uh, you know, so the Chipman, the Chipman nomination, that was a huge one. Um, we saw this year, we saw the, the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. Um, that's a, that was a tough one, you know, and I never served. Um, I've been very clear about that. I'm, I'm not a vet. Um, Sam is a vet. Um, and I've talked to several veterans, um, and people were upset about how that was handled, you know, and, and politically, I think it was handled even worse because it was, um, manipulated in a couple different ways, um, by both sides. Admittedly, both sides are, um, at fault for how that was handled. But I think when you start to, you you start to try and draw the public eye away from what's going on and the loss of American lives and the loss of lives that we were, I mean, because if you think back to when we entered Afghanistan, yeah, it was to hunt down those responsible for 9-11, right? Um, once we got over there, we kind of realized that, that things were also not great and that the country was being ruled by a terrorist organization, not actually by a government. So, um, we stuck around for an additional, I mean, 10 plus whatever years, I mean, it was a 20 year war. If you really want to be technical about it. I mean, it was about 20 years that we were involved in that. And that's, that's a long ass time. There are children alive now. Um, they're, they're legal adults. Um, well, not really children, but there, there's, there are people alive now that didn't know a time when we weren't in Afghanistan fighting the war on terror. And a lot of people said, Hey, it should have been done. Um, it should have been done once we killed bin Laden, we should have pulled out and that should have been it. Um, it should have been done when we, when, you know, whatever, we never should have gone into Iraq there. I mean, and it's easy to look back and question a lot of those decisions for a lot of different reasons. But, um, this withdrawal out of Afghanistan, um, it was, it was in fact put in place, uh, or put into motion, I should say by the Trump administration. A lot of people didn't either didn't realize that or didn't want to, to hear that. <clears throat> because it, they thought in some way it was um, protecting President Biden or taking some blame off his administration and his cabinet and how those decisions were made. I think that the important thing to remember with that whole situation, though, is that is the Trump administration laid out the plan. The plan was then executed um, improperly and poorly by the Biden administration. Yes, I mean, we've been talking for the last now three for three presidents now, right? The Obama administration, the Trump administration, and now the Biden administration about getting troops out of Afghanistan, scaling back our military forces. So this, this, I mean, it was even briefly mentioned in the Bush administration, right? Hey, you know, he got into office in, in 2000. Right. And then September 11th, 2001 happened and he was in office up through 2008 when Obama took took over. Right. So seven years. Right. There was still talk then of, hey, when are we going to start scaling back troops? Right. So this isn't this is on both sides of the aisle, obviously, Bush and Trump being uh, being Republicans. I'm sorry. And then Obama and Biden uh, being Democrats. So this this is a what I would definitely deem a bipartisan discussion. Um but there were contingencies, there were factors in place in the Trump plan, at least from my understanding, and this is, this is a high-level discussion on it, right? But, um, and you can look this up. This, this was something the Trump administration had, had, had planned for, right, to eventually pull troops out. The plan was changed. It was executed very poorly by the Biden administration. Um, and we basically allowed the Taliban to 
to give us an ultimatum on when we were getting out and how things were going to be handled. And rather than doubling back and and doubling up on our manpower, we uh, kowtowed and, uh, you know, we just backed. It was like, what, two weeks, I think, two weeks or three weeks to get everybody out. We left. I, I did a whole episode on 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 this and and just you know the the billions of dollars of equipment and and weapons right things like fully automatic weapons were left there for terrorists mind you that we we don't allow the american citizens to own these automatic these fully automatic weapons because they're too dangerous for us to own as americans right but it's okay for terrorists to run around with these because we just that's okay um night vision right night vision goggles which i mean a lot of us myself included would love to get into those things are like 10 grand a pair right and we left thousands of them over there vehicles tens of thousands of pickup trucks um you know large diesel uh, transport vehicles and things like that thousands you know um tanks all kinds of stuff just just left there um and i think we're gonna see that mistake uh, compared very closely um over the next couple years to uh the vietnam war and saigon you know when the american forces officially pulled out there the mistakes that were made there versus the mistakes that were made here i mean for god's sakes we had uh civilian um former veterans and stuff civilian organizations or i guess ngos or whatever you want to call it that were that were operating overseas using connections built by people like tim kennedy and mike glover right um using their connections to try and help get people out that they knew from when they were in the war. People that were um, Afghani that had helped support the U.S. effort and would now were now being targeted because they had been um, not necessarily sympathizers, but supporters of what the American uh, military was there to do. Um, and they were being targeted. They were being targeted for execution. Um, there were American citizens, again, that worked for different agencies and companies and contractors, things like that over there. Um, that, that were left and, uh, you know, the government just said, Oh, I mean, okay, it is what it is. And the media did a really, really good job of backing that play and just and halting coverage on that after a while and trying to steer a blind eye to it. Um, I, I, I very specifically remember, uh, the picture of the dogs in cages, right? They're a contracting company that, that, that couldn't evacuate those animals. Um, and I know there was a, a big debate over whether it was the Biden administration's fault or it was these contract companies. I mean, bottom line, the contract company is the contractors, whatever, they're responsible. Um, but it's it was that situation um, because of the severely elevated timeline by what the president did and his decisions and his, his poor decisions by him and his leadership. So that was a huge part of the latter half of, of 2021. And again, we're going to be talking about that for a while. Um, because that region is so volatile. Uh, and now we kind of just showed that we're soft as a country, um, as a culture, the American culture, right? Um, we're so wound up and tied up with, I mean, bullshit issues here. Um, nothing specific to mention because there's just so, there's so many, right? Um, but we, we showed our hand. Um, you know, uh, there's that old saying that soft times create soft men. We're definitely, uh, you know, in hard times create hard men. Um, so it's kind of like an up and down slalom type, uh, I guess, chart or, or idea, right? <laughs> we're definitely at the low end of that right now where we're, we've had, we've, we've had peace, we've had comfort here in America, and it's created some very soft people and some very soft ideologies. And that's not going away, right? Um, we look back this year, um, the Kyle, the, the riots that took place the prior year, we saw the Rittenhouse trial this year. That was a huge pivotal decision as well um for those of us that are pro second amendment and those of us that are willing to take a stand for what we believe in and what's right to protect our community and to stand for our community i think that that decision um was uh, i mean i don't have words for it i was overjoyed when i because looking at looking at the evidence and watching the case and the court proceeding footage and things like that um and and i talked to several people in law enforcement and military and and Anybody who is uh, who, who is competent um, in in self defense um, in in police uh, I want to say tactics but um, police procedure escalation of force what qualifies to to retaliate with deadly force thing, things like that you know um, 
had multiple friends. So no, but that's that's clear cut. That's super clear cut. That's self defense. Uh, dude had a skateboard, was trying to bash his brains in. Um, had taken a shot at him uh, prior to uh, Rittenhouse opening fire. Right. Um, no, that's 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 one hundred and ten percent clear cut self defense. And then you know there was the legalities of oh, should he had a firearm? Was the firearm he had illegal? Um, things like that. And why was he there? And that, those were all issues I think that were pulled up by the media. Um, but again, he he was exonerated. He was he was found innocent on on all charges, which again it's it, it's huge because um, you know it it showed that the gun laws that we have do work. We don't need more. What we need is more accountability as as individuals um, and as citizens and uh, as a society. And I think, and, and really, and I've, I, I've tried to talk about this more and more, um, both on our social platforms as well as here on the podcast. And I'm going to continue to, because I feel like it's a problem that's getting a lot worse. And I think that we've seen, we saw so much of that this year, um, you know, with last year with the quote unquote summer of love and, and the rioting, um, and that chop and, or Chaz, whatever up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and then even this summer, some of the rioting and looting that we saw, uh, over the summer, um, it seems like anytime there's something that anybody even construes as possibly racist, there's mass rioting. Um, that never used to be a thing. And there's ways to protest um, injustice. There's ways to protest inequality. There's ways to protest your local elected officials, right, peacefully. I mean, we did it here in Michigan. Um, I remember being on uh, the sports radio station I listened to because uh, they didn't they didn't I think it was probably a slow news day for them honestly but they were talking about why people need to be in Lansing protesting why they're carrying rifles and wearing body body armor and assault weapons and you know all the large capacity magazine you know I mean throw out whatever buzzword buzz term that you could think of and that's what the uh, these guys were talking about and throwing around and it was just kind of ridiculous um, so it, there's a you can peacefully protest a lot of ways that don't involve Molotov cocktails. They don't involve stoning each other to death. Um, they don't involve attacking somebody because they're just wearing a red hat. You know, I, I, there's, we've just we've fallen a long way as a society, um, and I think that it stems from a ever growing lack of personal accountability. And I think that that's a behavior that is promoted and reinforced and encouraged by a lot of our elected leadership right now. A lot of people that are pandering for votes, and it is it is pandering for votes because there are people out there, and there will always be those people that believe that they were slighted by the system, and the only reason um, that they're not more successful is because of somebody else's actions or inactions. It's it's never their fault. It's it's someone else's fault. Um, and, and and I guess what this always makes me kind of think of. Um, and I don't know if you guys might be aware of um, a sports personality, uh, Jim Rome. He's had a show on TV. He's had a podcast, Rome is Burning, for years and years and years. And um, I remember back in 2008 uh, when I was doing Winter Drumline, um, our, one of, my instructor, um, Nick, uh, rest in peace, uh, he, he used to play us clips from the Rome show. Um, he loved Jim Rome. He drove around teaching band at a couple different places, spent a lot of time in his car. So uh, he listened to, to Rome a lot. And uh, you can look this up on YouTube. It was uh, Jim Rome, and the, the rant was called Softball Guy. And it was, he, he, was at the, he was talking about guys that um, uh, play in beer league softball teams. And, um, you know, some of the things he talked about was they, they really believe they'd be the next Derek Jeter if their high school baseball coach didn't hate them. Uh, they really believe that they'd be playing on a minor league team right now if they hadn't tweaked their ankle in that game in high school. Um, you know, they'll, they they believe that, you know, they should, you know, they have their family eating ramen noodles every night so they can go out and spend $5,000 on a bat and stuff. And so so part of it's, um, part of it's applicable, part of it's not. Um, but uh, just the overall lack of accountability um, some people have that they just they can't acknowledge. Hey, you didn't make it to the pros because you you aren't talented enough to be a professional athlete. Then hey, there ain't no there ain't no fucking shame in that, man. Um, there's a lot of guys who make it in the minor leagues who never make it to the pro level. There's a lot of us that go to college, right? My brothers, my two younger brothers, both made it t- uh, to college playing Div two football um, on scholarship. They never they're not they never made it pro. 
that doesn't mean that they're uh, a worse human being for it. It just, it's tough. There's a reason why there's, you know, so few professional athletes and people who are, who are, are able to uh, sustain themselves um, with that lifestyle, you know, but the accountability thing, it goes beyond just that into, you know, why do I have such a poor lifestyle or why do I, why don't I make more money? You know, and it comes back to decisions that were made, whether it was decisions that were made to drop out of high school 20 years ago or a decision that was made to get an art degree rather than a business degree. Um, and I get that because for a long time I was one of those people that wanted to get, you know, get a music degree. I wanted to go to college where a bunch of my friends were going and I wanted to become a music teacher and, and things like that. And my, uh, at the time I wasn't really happy with it. My dad, um, kind of put his foot down and was like, no, Nope, you're not doing that. You're not going away. I'm not going to let you put yourself in a ton of debt for a job that's not going to pay the bills. You know, uh, and I, I remember very vividly. He goes, "I'm still working the line." He he works uh, at one of the uh, auto manufacturers. So I'm still working, the, or I know guys that are working the line because he's a skilled trade. Uh, still trying to make it happen with music, and and it's not, son. And at the time, I go, "Well, that's different. I could be different. I I could make it work. I'm not one of those guys." Um, fast forward several years, um, having experienced, uh, then teaching extracurricularly, right. Um, marching band, right. Teaching, uh, high school students for basically from 2007 all the way up till now. Um, I would not have enjoyed being a music teacher. Um, I found out very quickly, you know, that things that, uh, that I wanted to focus on and teach are not at all the things that you get to focus on and teach as a high school band director, um, as well as finding decent paying jobs uh, in state near family, not uh, not easy. So, you know, I mean, decisions that are made lead you to different points in life. And that's not to say that if you have a career in the arts, you made a bad decision. It just means that that's the decision and now you have to live with it. And there's a lot of people that are very happy that way. Um, and after a couple of years, you get tenure and the money's not so bad. And, you know, summers off are kind of sweet and, and cool you know, but you can't, you have to look at, you know, it all comes down to the dollars in a lot of ways, right? Um, not to say that mental happiness and happiness, what you do isn't important, but, um, you know, it, you can't get a filmography degree and what are you going to do? What are you going to do with, with that cinematography or filmography degree? I worked with a guy who got his bachelor's in that and then wound up going back to school to get his MBA because a cinema degree wasn't going to get him where he wanted to be in life. So, I mean, a lot of those things, hey, you can be fan, a fan of movies without a degree from college. You know, I mean, so um, accountability, come, you know, and if you can't afford to go back to college, then get some certifications. Find a field that you like. Get your certifications. Trade schools now have lower enrollments, I think, than we've ever seen in history. Go go work in, in HVAC. Go work in electrical. There's a reason. Uh, plumbers, right? Shit, plumbers make a ton of money. You know why? Because people don't like playing with poop. <laughs> and, and when your toilet fucking breaks, you need someone to come fix it immediately. Um, you know, heating, ventilation, cooling. When your uh, furnace goes out in the winter or your AC goes out in the summer, and I know this because mine went out this summer. My uh, AC did. I was able to, luckily I was able to, with the help of my uh, father-in-law, um, who, who lives on the other side of the country in Texas, but was able to just give us some pointers and everything. I was able to go buy the replacement part and swap out the unit, um, not the unit, but that part and, uh, save myself a ton of fucking money. But you know, we put a, a high value on our comfort. Well, Hey, you know how long it takes to get through some of those trade schools? Not that long compared to a five and six year degree. You save a bunch of money. you come out into the field making money right away. You won't have a shitload of debt to, uh, to come back to, or, I mean, maybe you will just not as much. Um, but I mean, again, those are decisions. Those are decisions that people make and you have to be accountable for those decisions. Just like everything else we talk about here. Um, Hey, I want to be a better shooter. I want to be able to pretend, uh, protect my family. I want to be able to survive, uh, in the event that we lose power for an extended period of time or something. Well, those are all, those are all skills and things that, you know, to some extent, some people in the military are taught, but that doesn't mean that only those people can know it. Enter the prepared mindset podcast <laughs> enter, um, you know, the, the hundreds and thousands of training companies across the country that we are willing to teach people how to sustain themselves, how to, uh, look at things differently, how to defend themselves. Um, you know, it, 
accountability. It, it's huge. And I think this year, again, we saw, we're seeing last year was bad. This year was also very bad. People just aren't accountable. Look at the numbers of people that stayed on unemployment and on government assistance as long as they could because they just didn't want to get a job. There's somebody I know now who's refusing to go uh, find a job because his job still hasn't furloughed and he believes that, you know, they'll eventually just bring him back. So rather than go out and get a job um, and if his other job calls him back quitting, he would rather sit home on government uh, assistance and, uh, you know, smoke weed and drink all the time. Like, hey, man, more power to you, but um, nobody wants to hear about you complaining about your lack of benefits and your low quality of life. It's nobody's fault but your own because that was your decision. You know, but I, I digress. Um, Accountability is huge. We have a severe lack of it in this country. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, 2021, right? Some other things that, that we've seen happen here. Um, I know I'm, I've seen some changes in how we run the podcast here. Uh, I've definitely upgraded some kit in a few places, right? Um, I think that when we got those stimulus packages, I think a lot of people listening probably didn't use those for bills the way they were intended. Um, I know I did and didn't. Um, the first one definitely went to some bills. Um, nothing that was urgent. It was just like charge card stuff that we let run up that we probably shouldn't have, um, you know, a couple years ago and we're working on. So we paid off a couple of credit cards that were outstanding with that. But then, you know, after that, um, it was, Hey, we're going to put some money in the savings account. And then I used it to, I bought, uh, some level three plates from, uh, ACE link, uh, shout out to those guys. That was cool. I've never had lightweight plates before. Um, full disclosure, I was rocking the steel before that because I just, uh, you know, for one reason or another, I hadn't gotten around to getting better plates. Um, I was, you know, paying off, uh, my wedding. And then we basically a year or two after we got, we got married, I think it was like a year after the wedding, we decided we were gonna, we needed to remodel our kitchen and do our floors and our house because things were just not in good shape. So that was a huge blow financially. There's just, you know, a number of things, um, that needed to be taken care of before I bought more expensive plates. Enter our stimulus money. (laughs) So, um, I got some lightweight plates and that's, that's a game changer you know, truly and honestly, um, if you guys are still rocking the steel plates and I know there's several of you out there that are, and are, you know, arguing with yourself or convincing yourself they're just as good. Um, they're not steel armor is not the, the, it's just look at any of the data on it. Um, you know, spalling is a huge concern. Um, more of a certainty than like a possibility. So there's that the weight factor is ridiculous excuse me, ridiculous. There's, there's a reason why, um, CrossFit people put steel plates in their 5.11 carriers, um, and work out with them because it adds like another 22 pounds or 25 pounds to what you're already, you know, you walking around. Why would you want to do that? If you could avoid it, I, I moved up to these level three, um, so the ACE link plates and they're like four pounds a piece, three and a half pounds a piece. They're stupid light. Um, you know, my wife, uh, you know, Lexi held them when I got them. She goes, wow, this is lighter than like my stack of books I used to carry between classes in high school. I go, yeah, there's not much to these. It's actually pretty fucking awesome. So then when you look at what else you're carrying on a plate carrier, right? You got three loaded magazines, possibly more. You got a radio. Uh, I mean, you, you got a tourniquet, you got, you know, whatever ounces equal pounds. So all this stuff starts to add up and it's like, Hey, if I could just save myself, if my steel plates were 24 pounds before, right? If they were 12 pounds a piece and I just went down to a combined seven, right? So 24 down to seven. Don't you think that that, what is that? Like 15 pounds, almost 15 pounds or 17 pounds, whatever of uh, 17 pounds of weight savings is worth it. I mean, duh, they really wasn't that expensive. Um, and we're going to talk more about armor and plate carrier setups. I know Sam and I right now are, are, are talking a lot about redoing. Um, I'm going to redo my setup. He is also looking to get into a different plate carrier than what he's, he's had for the past couple of years, something that's a little bit more functional, um, you know, for things like running comms and stuff like that. So, um, it's a, it's a big discussion. We're going to do more with it in 2022. I hope, um, I also, uh, upgraded my LPVO on my rifle when we got that last stimulus payment. Um, I took half of it and, uh, 
oh, half of it and gave it to the wife um, to purchase the materials so we could redo a bathroom, you know, reinvest into our home. That's going to pay dividends in a couple of years here when the market comes down and we're, we're looking to sell. Um, that work that we're putting into uh, the home is going gonna, is gonna to pay off massively. Um, but then I also got uh, the Vortex Viper PST, the one to six. Um, so not a not great glass by any means. I mean, I could have spent the whole 1200 bucks and gone with something like uh, the Razor or a Leopold one to six or something like that. But not a bad optic by any means, something I probably wouldn't have done for myself otherwise. Um, and that was huge for me. I'd never spent that much money on an optic. Now, fast forward a couple months later and I spent that much money on an EOTech. So I feel like it's the first time, you know, the first time you spend that much money, you're like, Ooh, there was some hair on that bandaid. Um, you know, ripping off the bandaid, just biting the bullet, whatever euphemism you want to throw out there. Uh, and then the second time it's just not as bad. Um, which is awesome in some respects because then it cuts down on your anxiety levels when you're buying quality kit. Um, but then also not a great for your bank account because you're dropping five, six, seven, twelve hundred dollars at a time on things like, uh, optics. Hell, I also, this is huge for me for 2021. Uh, I finally pulled the trigger, no pun intended. And, um, I was talking, I've talked on a couple other episodes, uh, about, uh, reallocating resources, right? So I used to disc golf because of shipping constraints and shipping shortages and supply chain problems. Um, some of these Swedish, Swedish manufacturers are not able to get disc golf discs into the country very easily or in very great quantity. So, um, I sold and, and I still am selling my disc golf equipment on, uh, online in the secondhand market. Um, <clears throat> got myself up to about $1,200, was able to go purchase and uh, use one of the uh, silencer shop kiosks, right, to get a Sandman S, Dead Air Sandman S. So that'll, I mean, going into 2022, when I most certainly should be getting that can out of jail at some point, right? Um, that, that that was a huge step for me in 2021, albeit at the very end of the year. Um, that was huge. Um, I think that the NFA is awful in the regard that it the constraints and the problems that it puts on, uh, people like myself, people like all of you who want to be better prepared. I mean, and if you look at, um, the data, right, the science behind suppressor technology, even some of the best suppressors out there right now, you're only cutting down like 20, 25 decibels in a lot of instances for things like a five, five, six AR 15 platform, right. Um, which is, far and away the most common platform that we see here in the US, right? A 5.56 gun, somewhere between 10 and a half to 16 inch barrels. I mean, you do get some 18s, you get some 20s, whatever. Um, you're only really looking at a, like 20 to 25 on really, really good cans with premium setups and everything. Um, you're really only looking at 20 to 25 decibels worth of reduction. You still have to, you still have to wear hearing protection, with that, you're still at like 140 decibels or something. Um, and that's probably, the number's probably off. But you're looking at a, like a 160 to 140 or a 140 to 120, something like that. Like a 20 decibel drop in most instances with normal ball ammo. Um, it just, I mean, you do it for a lot of other reasons than just the sound reduction. But Hollywood and the media have us convinced that these things become whisper quiet and anybody with a suppressor is going to run around like a fucking ninja trying to off people. Um, and that's why we don't we, we don't need those things. We can't have those things. Going back to what I said earlier, you know, we probably left a couple dozen of them at least, uh, you know, back in Afghanistan. Uh, so now they all have all the fun shit that we can't fucking have here. But I digress, you know. Um, Suppressors are important for signature reduction, both audibly and visually. They do cut down on the muzzle flash. They do obviously cut down on your noise signature. Um, I think it's it's probably um, the best upgrade you can get if you are not yet ready to get into night vision. Because um, you, you talk about signature reduction um, overall, right? And we talk about things like flash hiders. We talk about camouflage. Um, we talk about white light discipline and things like that. Um, a suppressor is the next evolution in that, that thought process. Um, the final one, obviously then being night vision where you don't need white light to see. However, the floor, um, of the, the point of entry, I guess, financially speaking is way higher on night vision than it is for, um, a suppressor. 
Now, keep in mind, now, even if you went out and spent the $1,000 or $1,200 on a Surefire plus your tax stamp, so even if you spent $1,500, you got the you know Surefire can and everything, you're, and then maybe maybe 150, so call it 1,600 bucks um, after muzzle device and everything. So about 1,500 dollars, you're into a surefire on your rifle, ready to go. Um, 1,500 dollars in a lot of instances will not even get you, um, you know, like a PVS 14, like a a single tube night vision uh, setup. You're looking at somewhere between 2,200 and 2,700 for those. Um, and it goes up depending on, you know, green or white phosphor, uh, you know, what you're looking at. You go with the PVS sevens, the old school ones where it's like binoculars that reduce down to one center tube. Um, I've been told you can get those for close to a grand. Um, I don't know enough yet about them to make an educated purchase for that kind of money. So while a thousand dollars in terms of night vision is not a lot, a thousand dollars is still a lot. So without knowing what I'm looking at, I'm not going to get into that just yet. That would be a cool goal for 2022 is to start playing around with some night vision or maybe looking at some friends who have some night vision and and trying to learn and use with theirs because um, your learning curve changes then. You got to get into things like IR illuminators and lasers and and you're looking at PECs and things like that. Those are an additional $1,200 for that laser unit. So the suppressor, I feel like, is your it's your, like, if you're not at night vision money yet, that should be, that's like your pinnacle. That's like where you need to get to. And from there, then you, you really need to start looking at setting money aside, um, and making some good financial decisions to get yourself into night vision. Um, and for some of us, we may never get there and that's, that's totally fine. Um, it's something I really would love. Uh, I don't shoot, I'm not able to shoot right now enough to where I could even justify the purchase. Even if I had the money set aside, which I mean, technically I do, or I could, um, I am not able right now to find ammo at a, at a cost point that I can justify as well as get to a range where I could do anything like this. Um, I do have a friend who has some land and that may, you know, hopefully open up, uh, some opportunities for, for next year to get out and and shoot outdoors and do some shooting and moving and things like that. I would, I would love to do that, um get me and Sam out there with her. Uh, if we both able to run suppressed, that may not be too bad. Um, that, that would be really awesome. Um, but if you're talking just overall signature reduction, there's a lot of good content out there on suppressors and what to choose and why. Um, and then now even camouflage, right? Um, unfortunately I made the poor decision a couple of years ago, three years ago or so I bought multi-cam black for my plate carrier. Um, feral concepts makes a, a great plate carrier, but I think, Um, it may be time for me to move into something like Ranger Green, something that's a little more professional looking, um, and a little bit less LARPy, um, just cause multicam black is not, not the, the best decision, but you know, you live and you learn. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2021 has been a huge year of growth for us. Uh, we over, uh, like I said, we, we, we doubled up and more on our Instagram following our subscription following, um, that doubled up. That was huge. That, that was honestly the most exciting part um, because of building subscriptions, for those of you that aren't familiar with anything podcasting or, uh, you know, have friends or anything that have got into it, building your subscription um, is pretty, it's pretty difficult because there's not short of, you know, you can post about it on Instagram, you can post about it on Facebook. Um, those platforms have the benefit of while you're there, you just click a like button or you double tap a photo and keep scrolling. Um if you're promoting your podcast on there, that involves getting uh, those individuals to take more than just two seconds looking at a photo or, you know, 30 seconds watching a video clip. It involves getting them to leave and go to a platform where they listen to podcasts, which a lot of people still don't today. They either said they don't, they don't, or they have jobs where they can't uh, work while they have a podcast on or what have you. Um, you know, you get over to the, the platform, you have to get them to follow click the follow button, um, listen to a full episode, listen to several episodes. Uh, you know, it, it is challenging, right? So seeing our numbers double like that, I was beyond thrilled with the growth. Um, we also, we got past just Spotify, right? And Spotify is a great platform for a lot. And that's why a lot of people use it for their music and their podcasts, obviously, but, um, we got approved and are hosted through Apple podcasts. That was a big one. That was a big one for me because, there's an actual approval process there. And I think it took something like five or seven business days for them to review the podcast, review our content, uh, and things like that. And, and big picture, look at what we're doing 
and either approve us or deny us. Um, so we were approved on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I want to say that was about halfway through the year, maybe a little bit, like first half of the year for sure. I don't know if that was like April, May or what, but um, I remember going through that process um, and struggling a little bit. Um, if there's anybody from Apple listening, your approval process needs a little bit of help uh, just directing people and explaining the overall process. It could be a little bit better. Um, but that was cool, right? Cause I know a lot of people use Apple podcasts, um, because they love their iPhones and they, they use iTunes for everything. So, um, really, really cool. And then obviously Google podcasts, um, which I don't think it's as, as popular of a platform, but, um, if you're talking about ease of access and ease of navigation, the Google platform, I think is, is right up there with Spotify's. Um, I think it's, it's super cool. Um, very, very cut and dry and easily accessible. There's not a whole bunch of extra buttons and bells and whistles and features you can get caught up in. It's just, here's the podcast. Here's your episodes. Go check it out and go listen, you know? So, um, growing on all of our platforms, um, in, in, in noticeable metrics, right? You know, a hundred percent plus growth in, in almost every one of our categories that, that's been really huge and um, really rewarding just to see, right? That that you guys are being so supportive because uh, we can't do this. We don't we don't do this without you, without your help. Um, we can, we don't get sponsorships or uh, get to bring on some of the people that we bring on if there's not a following. Um, so we're only as, we're only successful because you guys deem it so. Um, so thank you from the team here. You know, uh, sincerely thank you for spending 2021 with us. Uh, 2022 is going to be, uh, an interesting, an interesting year for us. Like I said, we got some stuff in the works. Um, I hope to do uh, a podcast, like a specific episode dedicated, uh, in the near future here to, um, a kind of state of the podcast kind of, uh, maybe, maybe I'll line that up with the president's uh, state of the union. Ours might be more entertaining. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, give you guys an idea of what we're gonna, what we have planned, ideas that I have for what we're gonna do next year um, from a multitude of levels. Um, you know, uh, continuing on with some of the stuff that we did last year, some of the things that we did this past year, we're we're gonna discontinue going into next year. We just found that they don't, that doesn't work as well. So, you know, some of that will be cut out. Um, you know, I'll get Sam together with me and, and, and Lexi, Trevor, we'll, we'll talk about, um, ideas, goals, projects, um, things like that. Uh, unfortunately right now we're a little bit smaller, so things just don't move quite as quick as we would like, but still a lot of ideas out there and things we'd like to do and, and, uh, and planning. So, uh, 2021 has been an awesome year. Um, I hope that, uh, while we have found our success, I hope you've all been, um, equally successful and have uh, at the very least benefited or enjoyed what we do here. We work really hard to, um, you know, have good discussions and bring on interesting uh, guests, people that you guys want to hear from or would like to hear from uh, and and talk with me about their experiences and what they do and their opinions and things and, um, and have good dialogue. You know, cause that's what it's about, right? Whether it's, it's just sitting there bouncing back and forth with the same idea, um, or whether you're, you disagree with each other, you know, get into a little heated conversation. That's how we, we, we learn as people, right. Is through discussion and, uh, opposing ideas and opposing point of views. I think that, uh, you do get some of these guys out here that they just want to be, uh, they just want to have people on to be a sounding board for their voice. Um, I don't think that's very cool. You know, I mean, it, it, it can be good dialogue and it can be funny. And, and a lot of times it is, but, um, I, if you're looking to learn, right, if you want to grow as an individual, uh, which, and that's, I said this from day one, that's my goal with this is I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to be proven wrong in some, in some things and, uh, reinforced, uh, and validated in some other things. You know, I, that's why I started this and why the team here does what we do. And, um, we're, you know, happy to have you guys all along for the ride in 2022. I, I have plans that will, you know, it'll be, it'll be even better than everything that we saw this year. So, so once again, thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for, for following for this year. If you don't already check us out on Facebook, like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Instagram, get your friends to follow us, right? Um, it's prepared.mindset.pod on Instagram, uh, the prepared mindset podcast on Facebook, 
if you have questions, right? We just started our first uh, holiday grab bag episode last week. If you got questions, stuff you want us to talk about or guests you think we should bring on, shoot me an email, man. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, it's prepared.mindset.podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email with your ideas or your thoughts, ways we can improve, what I mean, what you want to see or hear. Uh, shoot us a, a private message over Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, but that that's all I got. Um, you know, I, I hope that everyone, like I said when we started, I hope everybody had a, a safe and happy Christmas. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this, this like the best week of the year here, right? The, the week between Christmas and New Year's. And um, if you were fortunate enough to be able to take the time off work, right? Um, enjoy the time with family or maybe just you're just laying around doing nothing and taking a week to just recharge mentally. I hope you're having a good time with that. And I hope everybody has a safe and happy new year. Like I said, that's all I got. So until next week, everybody get out there, work hard, train smarter. And like we always say here, be prepared.